For those that don't know me, I'm Kate. I have been coming along um, to Carrick Vineyard for nearly four years. It's coming up to our four-year anniversary that um, myself and my husband Dave have been coming here. Um, and um, it's lovely to be here on such a beautiful day. So I'd like to promise that I won't keep you long because we need to get outside and get our vitamin D, but we'll see how it goes, how responsive you are, you know. Um, so day 18 was a happy day in the Crosby household. On day 18, Dave finally got a negative lateral flow test. Uh, Dave was now free to go back to the office. Um, and on day 17, before um, we went to sleep, I asked the question, um, what would you love to see Jesus um, do tomorrow? And before Dave settled in for the night, he said, I want a negative COVID test. Good night. <laughs> Not even an amen. Um, but he still got an answered prayer. Um, and that was the end of a day um, that was consumed by news watching and social media scrolling as we were trying to find out everything that was happening in Ukraine. And my thought was, surely God had more important things to be doing in Ukraine and Myanmar and Yemen and all the other countries that are currently experiencing war at the minute. Um, a mild dose of COVID in the Crosby household and some inconvenience should be at the bottom of his list. Um, too trivial to be noticed by the God of the universe. And in this season, there is so much going on globally, nationally, personally. So much stuff that we, we just don't know what to do with it all. Um, and we desperately need to pray. And I don't know about you, but I just feel a bit stuck on where to start with it all. And a bit weary. Will my prayers actually make a difference? Surely God cares more about wars, pandemics, and the big stuff than he does about that work issue that keeps me up at night, than he does about my sore shoulder or my scary gas bill. And like the disciples before us, we need to ask um, the same question, Lord, teach us to pray. And I feel like I need a reset when it comes to prayer to go back to the basics. And in response to the disciples' question, Jesus gave them the most famous prayer in the Christian faith, the Lord's Prayer. And we prayed it together last week, and I would love to say it together again. Um, but this time, I've no words, because I forgot to tell Jackie to put the words on the screen. But hopefully, you've said it all enough times at a bad um, school assembly that we could say it together now. So will we give it a go? And you can say it old school or new school. Just go with whatever takes your, um, takes your uh, fancy. So, our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. This morning, I have new special prayer techniques for you. New three ways to get an answered prayer. 
new amazing revelations from the original Hebrew word um, for you. All I have is ask. Prayer at its simplest is asking. In fact, our English word for prayer comes from the um, Middle English meaning to ask earnestly. But why do we have to ask? Surely God is all-knowing. Jesus himself even said in Matthew 6 verse 8, For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And that seems like a pretty inefficient system to me with a bit of duplication of effort. Um, and that would be the case if prayer was just only a transactional acti activity. Try saying that, transactional activity. But thankfully and frustratingly, prayer isn't a spiritual transaction. You know, pray one, get one. It's a relationship. And prayer's most important outcome isn't about the answer to our askings, whether God says yes, no, or maybe to our requests. The most important outcome to our prayer is the relationship that we develop with our Father who art in heaven. Jesus was on his way to a house of a man called Jairus when he encountered a woman, and we read this in Luke 8. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I knew that the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Jesus didn't need to stop for this woman. She had got what she wanted. He could have saved time and kept on going um, to Jairus' house. But instead, he took the time to see this woman to hear her story, to recognize the pain and the shame she had faced for ye that the pain and shame she had faced for years was done with. I like to think he smiled, his biggest smile, and did a wee happy dance with her. Our Father in heaven isn't in the business of Amazon-style prayers, granting requests to faithless, faceless souls left um, on our doorsteps. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to know him and be known by him. He wants to spend time with us, to listen to our prayers, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And out of that relationship, he does want to answer our prayers as well. As our Father in heaven, God answers our prayers with good gifts. And it says in Matthew 7, verse 9 to 11, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you, then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Because he is our perfect Father in heaven, God wants to give us good things in response to our asks. 
Tom and Steph no doubt want to give Ivy the world, but only the parts that will help her to thrive. No matter how much she asks, I am sure they won't be giving her a petrol chainsaw for her fourth birthday. Maybe her fifth, we'll see how she goes. Jesus says that our Father in heaven likes to give good gifts to those who ask him. God wants us to thrive, to live life to the full, and so his answers to our prayers will always be good. And that can be difficult to believe for many reasons. Unanswered prayer, we've experienced past experiences, comparison with others. For me, it was a false belief that I had about God and who he is. I believed that he just tolerated me. He chose to love other people, but he had no choice with me. He was obligated just to put up with me because I was around, I was here. And from this belief, I thought there was no point in asking for me for my daily bread. So I just prayed for others because God wanted good things for them and not really for me. And this changed as I got to know him and our relationship developed and grew. And I remember a turning point came when reading Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God has already given us the best thing he has, his son Jesus. And if he's already given us his best, why wouldn't I believe that everything else after that he gives would be good? He has set the bar high for good gifts the best present giver ever. And I was thinking about this this morning and I just thought there is so much that we ask for in life, so much we want, and that we live in a society where marketing and advertisers are telling us that you're not enough, that you don't have enough, that you need this and that to feel enough. But God has given us enough. He has given us the best thing ever. He's given us Jesus. He is enough. And I was just thinking about that, um, that old song, song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full on his marvelous face. And all the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Jesus is enough. He is the best thing that God has already given us. I am supposed to be speaking today about um, petition, our daily bread, um, prayers, and intercession, our kingdom come prayers. And can I just say, tr trust me, Pete Gregg does a brilliant job in his book, and I'll lend it to you. It's great, fabulous. Um, but every time I was trying to bring this talk around to the nitty-gritty of petition and intercession, I kept being drawn back to talk about um, our Father in heaven. We can make prayer for ourselves and others really complicated. It's like we have to say these words in this order while standing on our head, and then God will answer the way that we want them to. 
But I believe if we don't approach prayer, whether that's petition or intercession, with, uh, if we don't approach, approach it knowing that God is our good Father who wants relationship with us and who answers our prayers with good things, we'll be constantly frustrated by prayer. And like me, you might never ask at all. One of the great Christian mystics from the 14th century, Julian of Norwich, once had an encounter with God, and she described him like this, completely relaxed and courteous, happiness and peace, radiating measureless love. I love that, completely relaxed. It's almost like a shrug of the shoulders, just love it. And like Julian of Norwich's revelation, I sense that God wants us to know that he is at completely at ease when we come to him in prayer. He's not impatient. Hurry up, get on with it, tell me what you want. Or doing that thing that your parents do when you get to a certain age. You never call me. I'm calling you now. He's always available and ready to listen to our asks. Whether those asks are daily bread, kingdom come, or everything in between. Because he's our, he's our father, we don't need to ask with carefully worded, theologically sound prayers, but with the honesty of a child asking their loving parent. Recently, I spent the weekend with my cousin and her two kids, who are three and five, and we went out to a restaurant for Sunday lunch. And the three-year-old put on her pretty, really pretty party dress for the occasion. And at one point when we were out for a meal, she stood up on her seat and very loudly and clearly asked, Mommy, I need a poo! And that is an ask that gets answered quickly. And if that's the way that I'm sensing that God wants us to ask, simply, clearly, and with the confidence of a child. And I really wanted to caveat this talk with good theology on praying in, the on, in alignment with the will of God, with a disclaimer that just because you ask for something doesn't mean that God's going to give it to you. But we already know this. We've all been around the block a, a time or two. And we could fill this hall with posted notes of our unanswered prayers, some more painful than others, some more ridiculous than others. In my case, they would read, I want to marry Mark Owen from Take That, <laughs> live in Las Vegas, and work as a human rights lawyer. Maybe not all at the same time, but um, that's where my train of thought was going. But um, an unanswered prayer is heartbreaking, especially the good prayers. You can get tired of asking and give up. You can doubt God, um, your faith, and everything else. And if that's you today, I just really sense that God wants you to come again into his presence as you are and ask him to show you again that he is good and that he has good things for you and those that you love. Pete Gregg, told you, good book, definitely check it out, says that our primary privilege as God's children is to ask audaciously and repeatedly for everything we, and I've added, and others need, expecting him to answer naturally or supernaturally. Ask audaciously. That's not really the Northern Ireland way, is it, when it comes to prayer? We sort of almost apologize in our prayers. God, if it's your will, and if it's not, it's okay. 
or else our, our prayers can be so vague, we have no idea if God's answered them or not. And when I went to university, I met someone truly audacious in her faith, who also happened to be called Kate. And she became known as Good Kate. I was known as something else. And Ben Parsons can tell you about that some other time. Um, and she knew she was God's child and was not apologetic or vague in her asking. So when our friends in halls um, decided to visit a fortune teller, Kate said we should pray. So I did what Kate said, we should pray. So to tell you the truth, I was a bit embarrassed um, and I didn't really know how to pray. I couldn't formulate Christian sounding words around fortune tellers. Um, so I followed Kate's lead and just prayed that they wouldn't go to see the fortune teller. That's it, nothing fancy. Um, and we went on with our days and when we came back to halls, they were still there. Um, and it turns out the fortune teller had cancelled, was unlikely to be re rescheduling at any time soon, and they weren't going anymore. And I was a bit dumbfounded. That simple, not very holy sounding prayer, surprisingly had influence. And we were able to tell them that we had prayed and why we had prayed it, which led on to opportunities throughout our friendship to pray for them and with them. And that afternoon, I experienced for the first time what James meant in James 5, 16, and this is it in the message. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Don't underestimate your prayers as they have influence. Karl Barth, a Swiss theologian at the start of the 20th century, said this, God does not act in the same way whether we pray or not. Prayer exerts influence upon God's action. Our prayers matter. They have influence. And the word influence is important here. We can't control God through our prayers. Neither can we overrule the free will of people. But through prayer, we can influence. And a good example of this is the interaction between Abraham and God in Genesis 19 over the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The back and forth between them um, as Abraham asked God to save those who were righteous in the city. And through Moses' influence, Lot and his family were saved for, from destruction. And don't underestimate your prayers as they have the power of heaven behind them. Yes, we could have tried to talk the girls out of going to the fortune teller, but I think we could have come across a bit judgy and minus crack. But we well, my friend Kate, um, trusted in God to use the power of heaven to prevent our friends from hearing a future that was not his best for them. We're not asking as a child of our Father on earth, limited to only earthly answers and solutions. We're asking as a child of our Father in heaven with all the power of heaven and earth behind us. One of my favorite scenes from a movie is from the film version of Prince Caspian, which is one of the Chronicles of Narnia. And it's always stuck with me. Um, Lucy is facing down the enemy army. She is defending a bridge over a river and she is on her own with only her small dagger. She is outnumbered and outpowered. The enemy rushes towards her, calculating that this is gonna be an easy win. But then Aslan appears. 
and he puts the power of his roar behind her, and the waters of the river rise up and wash the enemy away. So often we can feel that our prayers are feeble and won't achieve much, and that the enemy will overcome us. But the truth is that our prayers have the power of heaven behind them. The prayer of a person living right with God is a force to be reckoned with. I don't know about you, but when Russia invaded Korea, uh, Ukraine, I, start, I felt pretty powerless. All I could really pray was sort of like very feeble prayers, stop the war, help the people. But as I started to watch the news, as I started, I started to get a bit audacious and specific in my asks. Stop that big convoy from moving towards Kiev. Confuse the Russian army's communications. Can you be within Kiev and keep her from falling? And what do you know? We saw those things happen as we prayed for Ukraine. That convoy didn't move. The Russians were broadcasting on open channels, and Kiev is still standing. God answers our prayers with the power of heaven behind them. In Luke 11, verses 9 to 10, Jesus famously says, and you've probably seen this around lampposts or on the side of some church buildings, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. So I sort of lied to you to start about, you know, the original language kind of thing, because I can't, I can't not do that. It's part of me. So I want to leave you today with some original language geekery. It's, about, it's actually about grammar. A more precise translation of these verses would be keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. It's not a one-time ask. We have to keep on doing it. So we're going to keep asking now on behalf of Ukraine. And I just want us to take a moment's silence and um, ask some audacious prayers on behalf of the people of Ukraine. I just thought it was pretty amazing, that song, and that we prayed at the end there, you know, praying for peace. I just kept on thinking about Ukraine when I did that, and when we were singing that song. But I think it's like, let's get a bit audacious and specific. You know, I don't know if you've seen the news this morning, but there's 400 people, I think, are um, buried in a school in Mariupol. Can we pray for them, for their survival? Can we pray for that city, you know, that people will get out? Can we pray that the refugees will be protected from harm as they flee? Can we pray that civilians have access to the basics? Can we pray for creative solutions for our world leaders to end this conflict? So I'm going to give you a couple of minutes, and then the band are going to come up and lead us for some worship.
The Lord is within her. She will not fall. So, Lord, we just lift up um, our prayers to you on behalf of Ukraine. We pray that uh, you will provide for all their needs right now, Lord. We pray protection over the um, refugees as they flee. We pray for wisdom for world leaders and for um, particularly for the Ukrainian president. We pray that um, Mariupol will be rebuilt and will be glorious. We pray for those people still trapped inside. Will you rescue them, Lord? Will you bring them to a place of safety? Yeah, we just ask that you will stop this war. Yeah, in the name of Jesus, amen.